Let's see. <clears throat> when I look around at the world of madness that I've surrounded myself with, I am amazed at the insanity that seems that that the medium continues to to uh, narrate uh, for our uh, five senses. When I think about that freedom uh, is a almost an un, untangible uh, belief. And the reason it's untangible is that I don't, other than your death, I don't really think that freedom uh, is available, at least not to the, to the main audience, to the larger social contingent. I think that we have always been enslaved. We start out in our families as a little magical manifestation of creation, and we are slowly stigmatized, systematized. Uh, we, we are put into a family, which for the most part, uh, when you're born is totalitarian. You are at the mercy of whatever conscription your parents decide is best for you. And <clears throat> if man seems, and woman seems to be lost, uh, we have gotten to the point where we are so so not a part of our natural way of being. Man, like all other animals, has a nature. And we have become unnatureable. We're not natural because we don't live within our nature. And because we believe that, that everything other than our own nature is better, uh, we are on a insane tangent uh, to to bring about our own self-destruction because we're lost. We're just wandering out there. And I think back in my mind, I am always I am always confronted with the thought. Uh, I see it in my mind much, much of the time, not all the time, but I think about the, the paradox that's, that's the current paradox, which is I, I see the lines of, of aborigines uh, naked, in chains, be, being marched across the outback, uh, by these lethargist, uh, insane, sick, p 
people called Australians. And I think about the Americas and all the uh, indigenous societies that were wiped out by the Europeans, Spanish, the Portuguese, the French, the British. I mean, basically, if you think about it, it's the world, the world of unnatural assaulting the natural world. And in that assault, destroying all that is our nature, all the, all the concepts, all the skills of survival, of, of living in tribal uh, organizations, all of that, had, all the, the quest of the unnatural to destroy the natural is almost at its, almost at its end. Uh, we have been, a, if you go down now, if you were to go into the Amazonia, into Amazonia, or into the Americas, almost anywhere, even in the deepest part of Amazonia, you will see indigenous people sporting t-shirts with, with, uh, with tennis shoe logos. Uh, that's the epitome, to me, of total insanity. And so this disruptive force, I have to ask myself uh, about this disruptive force, uh, you know, whether that's actually natural, that the nature of man himself is uh, destruction, if he is just a destructive element. When we look at the, if we look at certain species that invade um, an agricultural uh, dimension, <laughs> like the uh, grasshopper, and we see uh, these swarms come and attack a field and just decimate it. Uh, I see the, I see the, the similarity between us and them, and that we've we've become so devoid of our nature that, like caged animals, which is what we are, like caged animals, we have become insane. That's what happens. Go to the go to the zoos you create. Go to the zoos, and you will see animals, unnatural animals doing unnatural things because they have been imprisoned and we are the same as they so we go to the zoo and we we take our children with us because we want to show the children these amazing manifestations of creation and in that what we don't show them is that we've taken these beautiful animals these incredible manifestations of creation and we've destroyed them we've imprisoned them we've made them go insane and we've done that uh, without conscience because we ourselves are insane we have 
that's that's our achievement. So if we say to ourselves, well, what did they achieve? What did the humans achieve in the 20th century? Well, what they achieved was 100% insanity, not just a little insanity, not a twinge, but 100%, totally insane, devoid of, of any type of empathy for any other species, uh, devoid of empathy for our own species, and the culmination of this inability to find the empathy necessary for tribal associations, the result of it, of course, is our own demise. So then I have to ask myself, is this, is this the intention? Is this, is this just creation gone off the rails? And in my own beliefs, in my own feelings, my own livelihood, it absolutely is. When people don't question a totalitarian narrative, so when we don't question, but routinely uh, do as we're told, wear a mask. You can't go shopping. You can't eat if you don't wear a mask. You can't, you can't uh, be your nature. Unless we tell you what your nature is, but we're going, we, uh, we used to call it when I was a kid, we used to call it Big Brother, but it's nothing but Jewish banksters, and they're not really even Jewish, that's the funny thing, the poor Jews are, are getting a, I'm not sure that they don't deserve it, but I'd say they're getting a bad rap, because uh, this is Karzian, uh, this is Karzian, doings completely now, if you want to look up there and see who the spider is don't make it into some alien or some frog or a lizard or or anything else because it's not you always want we as as as, as an insane society continue to look outside of ourselves uh not understanding that it's not what's outside of us that's creating these issues. The insanity that we've, that we've been uh, subjected to, we're manifesting it. So the, the Karzian uh, two-step or, or program, the Karzian program of total domination uh, is successful because we're so afraid of of what could happen if we go against the grain, you know, we're, we're so afraid of dying, our greatest fear, dying, and yet the f strange thing about that is, you know, you remember that saying, uh, the only fear to fear is fear, <laughs> fear itself, that's the great greatest uh, fear. Well, how can you fear something you've never done before? I mean, or maybe you can, maybe you look. So maybe you look at what you've been told uh, death is. So for a thousand years, these bullshit things called religion, uh, the, uh, it's the total uh, destruction of uh, self-thinking 
of your own thinking. Uh, they think for you, so you don't have to think. Total laziness. But you think about religion and you think about its real, what its real effects have been. And religion is just another arm of the Karzian Empire uh, keeping the people under control. Because after all, what do you do with seven and a half billion insane humans on a, a little planet spinning out in the middle of who the fuck knows what? We don't know. Uh, we don't know anything. We only know what we're told, and maybe we have an idea that what we're told is, is horseshit, which it is. <clears throat> but what kind of uh, foundation are you going to be able to have? So every everything in life, uh, you need in order to have any kind of life, you have to have some kind of foundation. You have to have some way of being able to jump off, you know, in order to dive in, you have to have a platform. And unfortunately, because we just go along, go with the flow, we never seem to question that, that platform. We never ask ourselves, hey, is this something sturdy enough to jump off of? And then once I do jump off of, what am I jumping into? So you have a lot of questions about that, I'm sure. I'm sure we all do. But in the end, I don't see any ever since the beginning of the fall. And really, the beginning of the fall, is, uh, as Daniel Quinn would, would tell you, is agriculture, and I agree. I agree that agriculture has never been so for a million years man survived on this earth <clears throat> in a natural way and then by who knows what who's we don't I, I have no idea of why this tangent occurred but I re do realize the significance and the destruction that agriculture has caused I'm not just talking about the the destruction of the habitat. I'm talking about the, the destruction, the moral destruction, along with the spiritual destruction, that the ramifications of agriculture uh, have created. And so, in our in our quest to be to achieve total laziness, total apathy. Uh, we've we invented a system, and I say we. I don't mean you and I invented it, but we are part of that system. We are part of a system of agriculture, and along with agriculture, the number one demon is usury. And when I ask people if they know what usury means. Many people, because they don't want to feel like they're, they don't, they're not intelligent, uh, will say, oh yeah, yeah, I know what usury is. And yet they don't have a clue what usury is. So you have agriculture. That's our number one demon. Let's wind these demons up. And then the second demon, daemon. The second daemon is, uh, is usury. 
And usury is almost like a, it's almost like a, a shell game in a way. Because usury is, is next to agriculture, is the most insidious of all, all forms of, of, of social interaction. Usury is the loaning back to you your own money. And you don't even, you don't see it. You don't, you simply don't understand that in an agricultural world, money, so in a, in a kingdom of the blind, money is the one-eyed king. It's the one eye that sees everything. That's money. And that system was brought about by our friends, the Jews, our brothers and sisters who are as lost as any Muslim, lost as any Catholic, Christian, Hindi, whatever, whatever you want to call yourself or ascribe, whatever insanity you ascribe to, whatever kind of mortification you decide that you want to hang yourself on. These things give us, uh, they're, they're compensatory. They compensate you because they allow you to pretend that death is never going to occur or that when it does occur, it's going to be cool. It's going to be great. Like the Muslims, you know, those 70 virgins waiting for you. Every man's dream, right? I mean, even the, <laughs> uh, you got to have a sense of humor about all this. The insanity here is so incredible. So off the rails. I'm not even sure insanity works anymore. That, that word just doesn't encompass the, uh, what we've achieved. You know, look at ourselves and revel in the marvels of, of the cell phone which is nothing more than the soma of the masses. And it has become so integral to our existence that it is the last, it's the, uh, the that stone, that keystone that locks the, the bridge of finality of, of uh, totalitarianism. We are totally subject uh, to these contrivances and uh, by by our own admission because we uh, we freely uh, subject ourselves uh, to this uh, slow death which is what it really is and you look out there and you see people walking by each other amongst each other with no social affability, uh, totally segregated from each other through electronics. They don't even talk to each other anymore. They, they uh, message each other. <laughs> they can't even have a one-on-one -on -one conversation because the thought of actually conversing with another human has been put in, uh, into their minds that this is just unacceptable. You don't, that, that messaging, and you have to hand it to messaging. It, it allows you to say all sorts of things. So you go on to the, to a message service or you go on the web and you see that people have become so alienated from their nature. 
that they can't even communicate anymore. And, and at the same time, conversely, the paradox, the paradox here is that we have made a decision. So all of our life, all of the things that are happening to us in our life are because we've decided, we've made a decision. Nobody made it for us. We made it ourselves. We made a decision to be totally irresponsible and to be totally controlled by an organization of crooks. And I have to tell you that in each one of us, the ability to be a crook uh, is, is there. So Cahill Gibran was right, Khalil Gibran was right when he said that the greatest and the most spurious uh, are within us. So like the person who goes to watch another person be hung Imagine that insanity to go and watch uh, uh, like the, the uh, American West to take your family like an outing, uh, you know, like now you go to football games, and baseball games, basketball games. Well, those have uh, superseded the mundane uh, rituals of the earlier periods, which are, are uh, hanging. I mean, you brought your whole family, the kids, popcorn, uh, peanuts, you know, pie, whatever, apple pie, American apple pie, to watch another human being being hung for, for whatever, for some, for some deed, supposed deed, because in the end, society creates its own criminals. It does that through, through the lack or the inability to show love for itself and for all those that are external to itself. So where we, we started out in a system that worked perfectly for a million years plus, and that system was not devoid of love. That was a system of total love and those manifestations, those creations, magnificent creations, uh, were, they were a whole, they were a whole way of being for the whole tribe to love, to appreciate uh, this manifestation so that as it grew, it became more and more happy with all that it was surrounded with until we destroyed it <laughs> for whatever reason. I sometimes think that uh, this just the insanity that man has achieved was partially created by uh, exposure to higher levels of radiation than the normal animal is uh, can tolerate. So there, I think that radiation has something to do with it. it we're, uh, and much of that radiation, which we can't see and we can't even feel, 
but it has it has ramifications and so i have to ask myself that in a time when industrialization has achieved its highest apogee that uh, or apex that it uh, in reaching this supposed in, uh, uh, wonderful life you know the one that's on the billboards where you see the white man and woman driving along in their Chevrolet with the you know the top down uh, because being an American is the best thing in the world and that's what the whole world believes too I wonder if the the Pacino from Mexico who comes into this country and becomes enslaved like all the other ones but is under the belief who has told themselves given themselves a belief that this is the promised land uh, for many maybe compared to where they came from they believe just like the the agriculturist who believed that that they're beating the system by overproducing creating abundance where where scarcity only existed before well at least that's their belief <coughs> but what they don't i guess what they don't understand is that uh, scarcity is not an enemy that scarcity is actually a, a, requi um, a requirement uh, of nature that nature is is not scarce in the sense that man has always had the ability to survive because nature herself has always provided uh, yes, I'm sure there, there were times, I don't know how they would have perpetuated them, but in that longer than you expected winter where you put your stores up and you, you finally, uh, extinguished all, all, all the food stores that you had, it had, uh, I think that that probably did occur. But I think it was very, uh, it was very, I think it was seldom. I think that the, the indigenous people, the mothers, the grandmothers understood and could actually sense because they were part of nature, what was necessary for their continued survival. I know that they put up stores, uh, whether that was, you know, smoked salmon, smoked wild pig whatever but that they put up uh, a lot of food for the winter and that because in the winter time people believe that that everybody just stayed inside their their dwelling and as long as the firewood was you know as long as there was wood to burn and and food to eat that they never came out, which is insane because uh, winter is not the enemy. Anytime you make anything in nature an enemy, you've gone, you've become or started down the trail of insanity. Nature provides, always has, 
but I don't know if it always will. And it has up to this point. But now that man has become unnatured, word, unnatured, maybe that's a good word. The, the insanity of uh, Americanese, the most bastardized language on the planet, which most societies ascribe to because obviously it's necessary because it's the reserve currency. So what could be the, the first uh, education you'll get in on this planet is to learn Americanese so that you become a bastard like all the rest because after all, you can't have anything that's different because different has, is being taught that anything different is evil. So if you don't go along, then you're evil. Whether that's vaxxed, unvaxxed, Republican, Democrat, whatever you call yourselves. Jean Christenmurdy said something profound. He said many things profound, but one of his most profound statements in my life is that as soon as we name something, we separate ourselves from it. And I agree. And if you think about it, maybe you'll agree too. When you call a tree a tree, you make it less. When you call me, when you call me evil, you call me different, you call me insane, you create a separation between us. A separation that is unnatural because we all are a part of life. That's where our, our semblance begins. We are all manifested into this nature, into this natural world, and then slowly become institutionalized. So the uh, absolute corruption corrupts absolutely well. Absolute insanity and insane's insanity. <laughs> insane's uh, everything. So in other words, the environment, once again, who uh, Desmond Morris was right, the zoologist, <coughs> and the biologist Lipton. Environment creates individual. When you live in an environment uh, that is beautiful, that is loving, which is what we all, in the end, that's what we all lost. So our, the story uh, about being kicked out of Eden, that's not a, that's an allegorical story that was created. And in that allegory is the belief that we've been kicked out of, of, out of heaven, out of, out of, uh, out of Eden. You know, that's a word, Eden. So uh, in Americanese, we were kicked out of Eden. Well, we, we weren't kicked out. We decided, in a, or we went along, really, because what happened was a new idea. And that's how it always works. A new idea started to manifest. And that idea was that we could, uh, we could con nature. And, and it takes somebody like a Jew to believe like that. It takes a Jew to think that it can uh, circumvent nature. Because 
the Jews, uh, one of the most hated races the world's ever known, and they've gotten their they've gotten their title. They well deserve it because in their in their xenophobia mania, uh, they've they've out front up front told you uh, if you ain't one of us, you're one of them, and we're out to kill all of them or control them or whatever. We want them to serve us. So like he serves the gods, well, that's that's the Jew's direction. The Jew believes he's God, and he, he believes he has a right, that it's his right that you serve him. And if you think about it, considering the current insanity with the, and the control by the Karzians, now you got to understand that the Karzians are not Jews. They're... And, and in fact, why give them a name? They're just evil motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, they're the most evil contrivance that, that nature has ever manifested. And just total bastardization of, of the human uh, in all aspects. And how were they created? You know, where did they come from? Well, where was the original Karzian you know, that began the, the assault. Where did evil come from? Well, I think evil is anytime you, anytime you decide that, that, that nature is unnatural. That at that point, that's the, the point that evil begins. So once you decide that, that this natural, beautiful natural world which we were given and that we still are given because the one thing that we that I, I, I see is that even in its worst devastation other than a nuclear proliferation but even in, in its, its worst so you see this uh, from time to time uh, you're given this belief and I believe it that even as decimated as the humans have with industrialization and agriculture destroyed this planet, that once the assault is, uh, is over or stopped it's in whatever way, once they've destroyed the whole thing, that nature finds a way to come back. Let's see some man out there planting seeds and then 30 years later, there's a whole forest with animals and everything else, which tells me that, it's, that the, the enemy of nature has become man. And whereas before we lived in symbiotic relation to nature, he now is the enemy of nature, that he is hell-bent on destroying him, himself and that this comes from only one, one, one purpose, one reason that this man destroys himself, and that is he can't find a way to love himself. He doesn't know how to get back. Uh, and the the people who knew, so the the, the guides, the people who knew uh, how to maintain a natural way, he is almost completely destroyed. There's still pockets of them, 
There are still places that man has not destroyed yet. But in his, his military and insane industrial uh, militarism of the planet, he will find new and new ways to destroy not only himself, but everything around him, either through the defoliation by radiation of his nuclear insanity, brought about by who? Our friends, the Jews. You remember that Jew, Einstein? You think about most of the scientists were that brought us into this, uh, that continued to, to uh, permeate the world with their, their stupidity and their insanity. It's always been the Jews. It's always been Jew scientists that have invented new ways to destroy ourselves. Uh, I wish people could see that. Not to hate the Jews, but to recognize, I mean, at least recognize the fire before you put your hand in it. Realize what it, the results of putting your hand in it are. Because these people, of all the humans on this planet, are the most felonious. They are more organized, they, are, they have a program, and that program is to eradicate the goyim on this planet. Now, the only thing that keeps them from total success, of course, is, is a, a joke that has been made several times, is, is the Arabs, because the Arabs are Muslims, which is nothing more than, if you go back to all of it, if you could actually believe in history or any historical deviation, it would have occurred about the time of Babylonia, Babylonians, because that's where Judaism comes from. So the Canaanites, which were not the Jews, the Jews were the servants of the Canaanites. And isn't it interesting that, and it seems that is part of man's nature, karma, I guess, is that Slav, slave, Slav. It's a, the first Slavs were white. They were white people, Scandinavian, Slavic, you know, Slavic around, uh, I don't know, I imagine Slavs or the slaves were like Lithuania around those areas, all the Baltic air regions. I don't know, maybe even into uh, Finland and all these other places, you know, the, People who now, as they migrated east, west to east, uh, became, instead of Scandinavians, became people called Russians, or Prussians, or Germans, or Frenchmen, or whatever. It's, it's about names. It's a name game. I, I wish that people could see that. It's all about names. And it's the, to give you an idea of just how succinct the program is. And, and the programming has to do with words. Because how do you form concepts? You form concepts, which are perceptions, through language. It's always language that gives you a construct. That's what it is. It's a language construct. And uh, as long as you plug into a language, then you're part of that construct. So look around. 
look at the construct. For me, I'm fortunate. I, I, I decided to, to finalize my existence by going to heaven early. So then you remember, maybe you've read, if you're well read, about uh, dying before you die. Well, that's what Kauai is like. You know, this is January. Uh, I'm looking out my windows of my beautiful home. Uh, it's a clear day, Wednesday, uh, January 5th, 2022. Two weeks, two years, flatten the curve, all that bullshit. But for me, uh, in the, on an individual basis, I'm waiting for the sun to come out. And when it does, I'm going to go down to the ocean, grab my surfboard, go out in the ocean, and have fun. And just like Nero playing his fiddle while Rome burned, that's exactly my, my, my way of seeing myself currently. Is that I'm having fun while the whole world is marching right into the flames. So the blitzkrieg of uh, the blitzkrieg of uh, radiation contamination. So as the whole world marches into the radiation and destroys itself uh, physically, so as the cancers increase, dying from all sorts of uh, bioweapons that uh, that those wonderful scientists, the ones you love so much, uh, have marched you into. They're marching you into the radiation hell because that's what radiation is. And if you saw the effects of radiation at the time of one of these nuclear explosions on the human body, you would be understanding that the biblical ramifications of hell have become manifest, but they become manifest because that Bible, an invention of the Jews, uh, I don't, I don't know how many people read the Bible or what they read in it. Another bullshit tool of the Jews to manipulate uh, your thinking. That Bible's not going to save you. You might think it's going <laughs> to go to church with the rest. The church of radiation, the radiation church. I mean, you should have a church of radiation because that's what you're doing. You're marching into the, into the microwave uh, of scientific annihilation. And you're marching in there blindly, which maybe is a good thing. Maybe the fact that if you really knew what was going on, would so you would be so horrified that you'd just be numb. You would just be, just be frozen in yourself. Because you wouldn't know what to do. You're so devoid of love for yourself that all you can see to do is, is self-immolation. You are... Uh, you are destroying yourself. You know, it's, it's like in my mind when I think about it, it's like that person who, who is pulling out their hair 
and you look at them and, and most of the skull they, that they've attacked, most of the hair is gone. There's still some threads of it. And so they'll continue to pull on that until there finally are no threads left. And I just think that's about where we're at. And the manipulation, which I think is what's interesting, and I think this has been pointed out by many others, is that they don't even hide their intention anymore. See, before, uh, these clandestine secret societies, which are, which the largest and most nefarious is, uh, is Jewish. If you think the cabal is something else, Scottish rights, <coughs> if you think this is a bunch of Scotsmen running the world, you're wrong. If you really look into it, you'll see that this is all no more than the orchestration of the Karzians uh, and the Jews doing their bidding. So the destruction that, uh, that you always hear. You don't hear about anybody else but the Jews. Notice that? Notice all your self-help books are written by, by uh, intellectual Jews. Marx, uh, Engel, all these people that you, the foundation of communism, socialism, it's all Jewish, folks. The world and its concept of itself is Jewish. Program Jew. Program Jew. Jew. You. Getting it? <laughs> All right. So, once again, I can hear my little animals. The world's waking up, which is incredible in itself. Just listening to the world wake up, looking out, seeing that the creation has allowed me because you see, life is alone. It's alone from creation. And everybody's loan has different expiration dates. <coughs> but eventually, regardless of what your date is, you are, you eventually will get your ticket punched. And since there's nothing you can do about it, about getting that ticket punched, why be afraid of something you can't do anything about? That saying that they always like to talk about, all these different things they, that they talk about, uh, say, little adages of life. The only adage I could I will continue to believe is that row, row, row your boat. Life is but a dream. But it's a dream that you have a choice. I don't know about control. You absolutely have a choice. And maybe that choice is, is like Lewis Mumford said, maybe the only real decision you'll make in life that will have any temporary meaning is whether to live it or die or just go out and sh jump off a cliff because in the end whether you live it or you don't live it it all ends up the same my feeling is is that since i'm here and since someday i won't be who cares who cares what happened in the past who gives a fuck about history 
And if you believe that you have to know your history in order to know your, your the past in order to know the future, bullshit. <coughs> it's total horseshit. You don't have to know your past <coughs> to understand what it takes to survive. And as the world changes, becomes more technological and more insane, the game's the same. Survival. And you don't know, have to know your past to figure out how to survive the, the current, the now. You don't have to know the future either. You just have to deal with this moment. And don't worry about the fucking past. Don't worry about the mud floods, flat earths, the, the, the pros and the cons. Who gives a shit? It's all bullshit. It's all to keep you distracted. And I don't care what the, what kind of, uh, what kind of act they're putting on, whatever you see out there, from the most devious to the most saintly, supposedly, saintly, what a term, but these people, there is nobody out there that can survive for you, nobody, you have to learn to survive for yourself. And it's your nature to survive. But it's not some desperate act. Survival is not an act of desperation. Survival is just a natural element of this manifestation. It's your nature to survive. And you will, that's why you, these creative abilities you have, we call creative, is just your nature. It's your survival nature, because in the end, it's tantamount to all of the considerations. Survival. Survival, procreation, recreation, and then death. And I got to tell you, for all those people living out there in misery, or living in fantasy land, or, or don't understand their their... I think that ignorance is bliss. <coughs> Sorry, COVID. Uh, ignorance is bliss because a person that's ignorant of its situation is in, it could be, maybe that's total happiness. Now, let's go along with the program, do everything they're told, and maybe that's the highest uh, happiness that they'll ever achieve. Well, if they're ignorant of all the other larguses that agriculture has brought us, then maybe that is, there's maybe there's great knowledge in, in that. Yeah, I can see that I've achieved a certain point of speaking that that my voice no longer wants to uh, cooperate. So I was happy to be able to share these thoughts of the world I've created and uh, look forward to uh, another episode. Aloha.